0: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world if you're new here welcome to the strife chat if you are returning thank you for coming back to the podcast where we talk about navigating the 20-somethings and taking unconventional career pathways i delapo aka strive auntie and today we have a special guest with us her name is Janae. Hi, Janae. Hello. Say hi to the people to Strive Tribe.
1: Hi. So yeah, my name is Janae Dream Allen. I am twenty something, as I just got here. Like I'm oh. one uh, next month, so I'm new to the twenty somethings. <laughs> I'm undergrad at McGill University, and I work part time in the tech space. And when I'm not doing all of that, I dance a little bit on the sides for fun. Ooh. <laughs> Just for fun. I'm not a professional, so don't be expecting no choreographies. <laughs> but um yeah, that's a that's a high-level overview.
0: Okay, nice. Thank you for sharing that high-level overview. It's lovely to have you on here. I actually met Janae at an event through a fellowship we both belong to. And so it's nice to reconnect with you.
1: Likewise, oh my goodness, it feels like was like a full circle moment, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned unconventional pathways because even like my way to that fellowship was so <laughs> unconventional. so it love,
0: love yes, it is it is all about, you know, taking different career pathways in terms of what works best for everyone. I think within the tech space, business space, usually we all kind of think it's like linear or we've been taught to think it's linear. And Mm -hmm. so I love shedding stories or hearing from people who are just, you know, trying to pave their own path, understanding how to go about things. So thank you for coming on board to share a little bit about yourself. You mentioned that your birthday is next week or next month. Next month. Yeah. Okay. Happy early birthday.
1: You Tourist little vibes.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So you said you're you're new to the twenty something. So what's the vibe? What era are you in? What do you like about your twenty somethings? What are some the things you're like? Mm, this is the ghetto, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah,
1: I feel like twenty something is a little ghetto. I'm not gonna lie. Like I feel like I feel like my emotions are in flux all the time. Because I'm the type of person that hates uncertainty. Like, I'm the type Mm. of person that has five different calendars and three different, like, notebooks with, like, that are just dedicated to to to-do lists. Like, I like knowing what's going on. And I feel like I know what's going on half of the time. And I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, what? (laughs) Like, I don't feel like I have anything in control half the other, like, the other half of the time. So that's, like, what makes it a little, like, ghetto, I would say. But like, it's not all bad because I do feel like I've learned some like, really important lessons that I've taken with me and have applied them to, like throughout like my career and just like interactions and my relationships with people. Um, but yeah, so it's not, not all bad, but it's not all good either. Yeah. So there's that.
0: No, <laughs> that's definitely life. I mean, it's funny when you were mentioning, you know, the fact that Half of the time, you know what's going on. Half of the time you don't. Girl, I'm 25 and I'm still in that. So it's just a fact of life now. But it's beautiful. Life is beautiful still in in kind of like the different ways it unfolds. So um, any plans for your 21st birthday? I think earlier you said you're going to Thailand.
1: Yeah. So I always do a birthday trip with my aunt. Or not always. Like the second annual one. So we're trying to make it an annual thing. And this time, I really wanted to go somewhere I hadn't gone before. So it's looking like we might do, might do Thailand for like at least two weeks right mm-hmm. after exam season. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Oh, that's that's a great motivation, you know, to get over the, like the. Oh, <laughs> yes, the only thing keeping me going right now. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, so exams are coming up. You know, what are you taking at McGill right now?
1: So I am on I'm an honors poli sci Her. And I have a minor in GSFS, which is like gender studies, feminism, social justice and sexuality. So it used to be a double major, but I was like, no, I'm really into this poli stuff. So let me let me take it up a notch.
0: Nice. So but why did you choose poli sci right after high school?
1: Um, I think I OK, so. My interest into political science is actually kind of kind of funny. So I grew up, like, I've always been around with my grandparents. I don't know what it is with, like, Caribbean or, like, Jamaican grandparents, but, like, with their obsession with CNN. But, <laughs> but, or, like, MSNBC, but, like, CNN has always been on, like, the, the TV in the kitchen. So, like, I grew up, like, eating dinner with, like, the – the news in the background and just like watching it. So I think through osmosis, I was forced into be like, you know, this is kind of this is kind of cool. Like this is kind of interesting. So, and then on the other side, I, I was always been interested in like policy and the things that create people's conditions. Mm. Like even before I knew what policy was, I was always interested in like the whys of social relations and. Why people have more than others. So I think when I put those two together, I was like, yeah, this is this is this makes the most sense. For
0: me. Oh, that's amazing. So it's it's funny you say that because I know within like African households too, there is an obsession with CNN. Like <laughs> especially when I was growing up, like if you're going to an uncle's place, like always listening to the news is definitely something you know the Black diaspora has in common mm-hmm. for sure. For sure, and so when you were six years old, let's say if we take it back a little bit, when you were younger, did you always think you were gonna be in poli sci or like what kind of career sect, like career uh, <laughs> choices <laughs> were you thinking about? Girl, I've been all over the map. I've oh please, the map.
1: okay. My thing is though, I've been over the all over the map, but I've like long period of time so like let me explain so
0: it's okay Dara the explorer please let's bring out the map <laughs>
1: <laughs> for a good eight years of my life until i want to say from like six to grade ten yeah i was going to be a vet
0: oh no one
1: could tell me like everyone was like nah like you're a people person i was like no i don't care about these people these animals need my protecting <laughs> Like y'all, y'all are fine on your own. These like these animals need me. But you know, there was like a minute problem.
0: Mm. Well, what's the I problem?
1: Petrified of bugs. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> like give me like a lion to like, you know, pet or like, I love big animals. But when it comes to the ant or the spider on the wall, if there's a spider in my room i'm not sleeping there for weeks until i know it's dead
0: girl kill it yourself you don't grab <laughs> your shoe and smack it get somebody else to do it get somebody else to do it
1: <laughs> so so like my dad was like how are you gonna maneuver how are you gonna make it make sense the math is not math it's not I mean, math. Like, how are you gonna animals i was like i don't know i haven't thought that through yet so then it hit me in grade 10 where i was like hmm this <laughs> maybe he had a point, maybe it doesn't make sense. So there was that aspect. And then I started grade 10 science. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what am I doing here? So I think that like the hatred of bugs, and then learning that I need to work with my strengths and not against them. Like, I think I was forcing myself into the sciences because I felt like I, I needed to because I was i given mm. so much time mm. like even though I was so young I just given so much time infatuating with this dream job that it was really hard for me to pivot but um, I think once my activism
0: mm. was
1: ignited and it was more like people centric like black people centric and youth centric then I was like okay um, how do I work towards that and I think that's when that switched
0: Wow. Wow. That is a switch, a, a switcheroo. And I feel you <laughs> with science because the last science class I took was literally grade 11 chemistry, like right out of, right. when I was in high school. I was like Mm-mm. me and science. Like the only science I really like is math math. I can do, but the other types of science it's like, kind of count me out of that. But you talked a little bit about, you know, activism and that being ignited. What was the spark for you?
1: Um, I think, I think I was always like a little bit of an activist, um, in like different ways, like environmental. Like I, I think my mom used to tell me that I used to give out like environmental tickets when I was younger. Like, why are you dropping food on the floor? Why are you dropping chests on the floor? Here's a ticket. I used to walk around with it. And then maybe it's because I was born on Earth Day. So like oh. it that helps, but I think it ultimately has to do more with like the community that I'm from. So I'm from an inner city community in Toronto. And I think just like seeing the issues and seeing what my family was going through and my neighbors were going through and my schoolmates were going through and then comparing that with the lives of people I was seeing on TV and like it just, Mm. the dichotomy was too stark and it was uncomfortable. And I I hated that feeling. So I think that was something and just like personal experiences, my family of just like injustices that I was like, this isn't right. Like, this is something is wrong. Like the school systems, um, the, the the violence in the communities. Like something was wrong, and it wasn't wasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It just somebody to identify it and then figure out what to do. But nobody was doing that. Um, and then I think also like I've always been like a talkative person, like a very outspoken, and I feel like that has always allowed me like to be comfortable speaking out against something and fighting for people. But I think, yeah, that mixture of things.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's one thing to notice things not being right or for one to recognize different injustices. But then yeah. it's another thing to then want to change things. So I definitely commend you on, I mean, first of all, that internal recognition of realizing that this is not how things should be and then taking it upon yourself to contribute towards moving things forward. Talk to us a little bit about what your involvement has been then within activism. I know when we last chatted you talked about an organization that you created. Can you share a little bit yeah. more about that?
1: Yeah. So well this so my organization is called Unapologetically Me. And it's, it's evolved since I last started it. So it didn't start off as an organization and now it's a movement, but it's, it's more start, it it started off as an event. So in the 11th grade, we were given a project. I can't remember what the the title of this project was, but it was along the lines of championing a passion project. And I like to make things difficult for myself. So like people were making like cookbooks (laughs) (laughs) and like, you know, coloring books for like stress. And, you know, like, not to knock the coloring books, but I was like, yeah, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a event, and I'm going to have all of the leading cosmetic companies come and force them to do good. So essentially, Unapologetically Me is, it's all about creating space so that people, young people, feel like they're comfortable enough to take up that space. Mm. Giving them the resources, whether it's a physical space platform the knowledge the know-how to really be confident in their ability to champion the things that they want to so for me it started off as with women empowerment I was really into the feminism and I was thinking about the ways that like businesses like cosmetic brands and retailers were contributing to these like false and positive narratives that the women felt they need to uphold like Mm -hmm. live that like are impossible. So I was like, you know, these companies have a part to play in this. I feel like they need to be. They need to take some accountability and and be a part of this conversation. So I reached out to like a conglomerate of like companies, not knowing that it worked. But at the end of it, it was like a four hour long event. So like the school gave off classes for the whole school. And it was sponsored by Shiseido Canada, who I have a, like a really deep and entrenched relationship with, relationship with right now. The CEO, the then CEO of Shiseido Canada actually asked to come speak. And if those on listening don't know what Shiseido is, Shiseido is the oldest makeup company in the world.
0: I didn't know that they're the oldest makeup, <laughs> I use your sunscreen, that's all I know
1: about them. <laughs> yeah, so they're the oldest, or, or at least one of the first. They're based in Japan. And then I also, we also had the involvement of Body Shop and we had the involvement of Dublin International. So it was really getting all of the people that have a platform, who have a voice to help build and instill confidence in young women. Since then I've worked with Bare Minerals, which is another cosmetic company. And, and once again, Shade of Canada, this past year in May to work together to do their strategic activation for an event like a fundraising event for women who are cancer survivors to give them the day to feel really good about themselves called it's called look good feel better so i've just been in spaces where i'm really trying to facilitate these spaces so that women feel that they can be their best selves and and really show up as their authentic selves and that's where the unapologetically me comes but since then, we are we're trying to reshape and rethink how unapologetically me could be for everybody, mm. um, everybody in terms of just all youth. Because I I really feel like there's a message that we have that all youth can really benefit from. So we're in the you know the cultivation and and the evolving space right now. But there's there's definitely more to come with
0: unapologetic. No, I can't wait for what's to come. <laughs> I also want to really pause and acknowledge the amazing work you've done to be in grade 11 and having that fearlessness to you know reach out to all of these different beauty brands and conglomerates and having the courage and confidence to be like you know what yo y'all better pull up number one (laughs) number two come and actually be part of the solution to you know especially when it comes to women empowerment and some of the gaps that are within that, so you know all the flowers to you, I'm snapping right now. All the snaps to you, all the claps to you, because mm-hmm. that is something that's super inspirational, and I'm inspired to hear about how confident you were to be like, you know what, I'm going to take this project within you know my high school class to be something that would impact not only my own life but several people within the school. So huge kudos to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. really appreciate it.
0: No problem at all. What advice would you give someone who's listening in that might be, you know, thinking about doing a women's empowerment event or project? What advice would you give to them? I think
1: the advice I continuously give to myself and I have to continuously (laughs) remind myself is that I go into every situation assuming that it's going to be a yes.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Can you say that one more time for the people in the back?
1: (laughs) I go into every situation, assuming that it's going to be a yes, telling yourself that things are like, not going to work out, like thinking of all the scenarios in which it's a no, is not going to benefit you, right? It's not, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help your project. So I think that gives you the courage and the confidence to really go and ask because. Like, what is it saying? Closed mouths don't get fed. So really asking for what you want and assuming that, you know what, like it's going to happen like one way or another, if it's not, if it's not, you know, right now in a few years, because that, that initiative got postponed three times. I was continuously having to tell my partners that, oh, you know what, we're postponing two months, we're postponing five months. And like, I was risking losing the goodwill that I had all this time developing the trust so i think once again to summarize tell yourself yes and always ask for what you want because otherwise there's no possibility that anything will now
0: amen to that always ask always ask the worst that you will get is a no and even sometimes no's are actually a good opportunity for feedback to be yeah. able to either get redirected or to just learn something new and so assuming a yes i love that because it gets your mind in a state of thinking about all of the possibilities rather than all of the reasons why it won't work so i really love that advice great great advice so you mentioned you you know you went to school in toronto in terms of high school and then now in mcgill studying poli sci tell us about that transition. What made you choose McGill instead of like, you know, University of Toronto? What was that decision process like?
1: I laughed because it was not hard for me at all. Uh-huh. So like, well, McGill wasn't actually always the goal. It was the States, like, oh. I, I'm, a very, I'm a tourist, so I'm really hard headed. I'm really determined. So when I put my mind to something, no one can tell me I'm not doing it. Like it's, it needs to literally be myself to get me off of the track. So I was, like, going to go to the States. I was going to go to Georgetown. It was my dream school. I was going to go pursue poli-sci there. I was looking at, like, Vanderbilt. I was like, I didn't care where in the States it was. It just needed to be a good school that I was going to thrive at. I took the SAT. I brought the SAT book with me, which is, like, equivalent to, like, four Bibles in terms of thickness. <laughs> I was on vacation back home in Jamaica. So, like, and then I saw the, the price tag on those schools and I was like whoa let me reconfigure it was like error 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 <laughs> something's not working so I was like okay you know maybe this is not the time so I turned my attention back to Canadian schools and I applied to like five I think I applied to like Queens Waterloo UFT T, uh, McGill I'm maybe missing another so U of T, I, I petitioned against going to UFT Because I really felt like I wasn't gonna grow as a person if I went to U of T because I lived so close. So that would mean Mm -hmm. I would be living at home. And now that I'm here in Montreal, I can say with confidence that you can only learn to adults when you live alone. Yeah. Because I mean, here I've had to go through my own passport on my own. Like that's a whole thing apparently. It's really annoying getting your own I'm, health
0: card wait say what
1: <laughs> you like my own appointments like remembering that if i don't go to the grocery store like who doesn't appear in the fridge like, yes you
0: actually have to take care of yourself like what is this
1: so yeah and i think i would just be too codependent on my parents and like my parents and my grandparents are really they're really big on supporting me with my education so like you don't need to lift a finger because i think it's with African and Caribbean parents, like if it's gonna contribute to you getting an A, they will do it. They will get it. 100%.
0: Uh,
1: You need food all the time, cooked, hot meals, yes, don't with the finger. So I wanted to get away from that um, and just kind of like learn how to be on my own and
0: figure it out. That's powerful. It's definitely powerful to be able to make that decision at like 17 slash 18, I think is something that not a lot of people can do. Again, yeah. mad kudos and something you know, people in Strive Tribe can definitely learn from you. If you know deep down that you're going to thrive more in an environment where you're alone, aka like when you're deciding to go to school, definitely take that leap. And if you're a parent that's listening, also trust your children or trust your child. To go to a different country or a different province as a way to improve themselves, not even just academically, but socially as well. It's very important to be able to be independent in a way that's healthy. We're not preaching hyper-independence because that is not, it's not cute, but no. it's it's good to be interdependent and independent in your own way as well.
1: Yeah. I 100%, agree. 100% yeah.
0: agree with that. So you mentioned earlier too that you work at Mars. What's Mars for people that might not know what Mars is? Not the planet, but the <laughs>
1: Mars? So yeah, Mars Discovery District uh, is an innovation hub. It's North America's largest, uh, and they basically support like startups and scale ups, solve in tech industry. Solve some of the world's most like pressing challenges. So I work in philanthropy. So I'm helping essentially bring the funds that that are needed to scale these initiatives and these these projects that are important to to you know just the whole ecosystem and, and progression in Canada and, and and beyond.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that recap. Now, when it comes to Mars, uh, you talked a little bit about what your role entails, but how did you get it in the first place? So I've known, I know a little bit of the backstory cause you've told me, I want you to share it because I think it's something that again, is an unconventional way to go about getting an internship and, yeah. the, and some of the importance of doing an internship. So please go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I just have to say persistence and grit is key. Just I mean life, but also trying to maneuver these really high in demand tech internships. So I would say I tried twice. So I I got the job on my second try. So the first time around, uh, I applied and I think I made like second runner up for the job out of like 300 plus applicants or something like that. Uh, But I think there, there was just somebody who was had more more to bring to that the job at the time and i made sure to stay in contact with the people who interviewed me with people at mars to really show them why i would be an asset so i think it's one thing to say that you're an asset in your cover letter because you know this or you know how to code this but i think showing them through your actions through your persistence through your grit is another way to show, okay, you know what, she would be really good or they would be really good in this role because they're go-getters, they're self-starters, they're really, they really want to be here. So I think that was probably the main reason why I'm here, why I'm, why I'm at Mars, because I'm not afraid to, get my, you know, get my hands dirty and and try to figure things out. I think in the tech space, that's the main role, like really trying to figure out what's going on because... It's everything's always up in flux. Um, So, yeah,
0: I would say that. No, I think that can be really summarizing to like really, really good actionable tips for people that are listening. I love the fact that you mentioned that even though you did not successfully get the role the first time, you did not let that stop you from number one, you know, maintaining a relationship, but also trying again to get that role. And then all of the like other ways you were able to convey. That you like you're more than qualified for it especially when it comes to the soft skills right when it comes to perseverance and grit you you literally <laughs> show <laughs> like wasn't just like you writing about it is like okay i'm gonna show you that i am a persistent person what are some maybe like key action items you remember doing that time were you sending emails to like follow up was it linkedin what did you use to, to stay in touch
1: yeah so with um uh my current boss, I definitely stayed in contact through LinkedIn and just like coffee chats. So that's something that I do with my network in, in general. I think that's how that is the key and probably the best way to build a strong network. I think it's it's really about stewarding that relationship because it's one one thing to connect once and then that's it. And now you're like LinkedIn buddies and you see each other's posts on LinkedIn in in passing, but that's it. You really need to prove that you're interested, like a genuine interest in this person's life so that they can reciprocate and that when opportunities arise, you're the first top, you're at least the top 10 people, like group of people that they think about when something happens in a room. So I think that's what I was doing in terms of Mars. Like I really wanted to make sure that if something were to arise, that I would be at least top 20 people that she can point to. Like, you know what? She'd be qualified for that because I just spoke to her the other day, or she just sent me an article that she thought would be interesting to me or something along the lines of that, like really cultivating a relationship founded on genuine interest
0: cultivating a genuine relationship based on genuine interest you heard it right from janae dream allen also your middle name is amazing dream (laughs) (laughs) wow your parents knew what they were doing whoever gave you your middle name knew what they were doing because i mean you really embody that you're a dreamer and you don't only dream you're also an executor i definitely see that in the conversation here you know through all of the things that you're involved in now you what year are you in when it comes to like your your studies
1: i'm in my third year so i got one more year to go
0: Ooh, okay one more year so what's what's next for you on your horizon i know okay i used to hate this question when people would ask me when i was in uni low-key um, so <laughs> it's also okay if you don't have an answer of like one specific thing? It could be, like, different things you're considering as you kind of, like, think about the next couple years for yourself.
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm the opposite. I actually love the question because I love thinking about the future, and I think there's, like, a good and a bad side of that. I obsess over the future a little bit, so I I have a a hard time living in the present. Mm. Um, But in terms of my my future plans, it's law school. So I... I have found an interest in my political science studies in trade i really love like foreign direct investment import and export like it's really boring to a lot of other people but i sit in these classes talking about multinational companies being like oh my god this is the most interesting thing very niche but i think that's why i like it so i'm hoping at the end of law school to go into trade law Ooh. Um, and, you knows, maybe do some work with, with conglomerates, international organizations, or be a trade lawyer for some big multinational company. But th- that's one stream of, of my interest. And then hopefully just growing UM into this, this big thing, continue to work with companies of outside of the scope of beauty and retail, but going beyond that and surprising I always have like new things I want to do, and I add them to my list. But like, of course, as you should. I, <laughs> being in Montreal, there's, you know, there's a huge cafe culture here. And oh yes, yes. So now it's like a dream of mine to open up my own cafe in Toronto. Ooh. So I might, if my brother's, you know, still interested in doing that when he's still in high school. <laughs> but I've been trying to onboard him into the idea. But um, hopefully, you'll you'll see and be able to visit a an Allen cafe soon. Oh, that's so
0: cool. So it's gonna be like a family business kind of thing like i the Allen siblings or Allen family cafe and
1: really wanted to do it like a reggae cafe. Oh, like something along the like old reggae like Bob Marley. Okay, don't say it all. I don't
0: want someone sticking your idea. Okay. Keep it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't like i like the general vibes already and i can see how unique it is please don't like yeah keep working on it i whenever i visit toronto when it's up because we're manifesting that you are going to create this and have it established i will be visiting and i cannot wait you also talked about you know building up your organization can you plug yourself real quick so that people that are interested in like connecting with your organization can Contact you?
1: Yeah. So right now, Unapologetically Me is in construction. So we don't have a functioning website or social media as of yet. But for updates, you can follow me on my personal uh, Instagram, uh, which is Janae, J A N A E, dot dream, which is D R E A M. Uh, yeah, that's, that's mainly where you can find updates and uh, like the official launch of the website and the official launch of the Instagram for Unapologetically Me. But yeah.
0: Awesome. I hope that y'all uh, took that down. If not, I will have it in the show notes so that you can follow Janae Dream. Oh, it <laughs> literally, I love saying Janae Dream. <laughs> <laughs> and stay updated with not only Unapologetically Me, but also some of the other work she's doing as well. She's part of the Cambridge Fellowship, which I have talked about a bit on here before. Mm-hmm. And that means she's gonna be traveling this summer. So make sure you also stay tuned about that. What are you liking about the Cambridge Fellowship so far?
1: I think just the opportunities that are arising from it. Like just knowing that I'm gonna be able to work in the tech space in a country that I, I never imagined that I would even travel to for leisure uh, is really exciting to me. So I think the opportunities that come out of being a part of this like network of really strong bright
0: minds in canada so yeah i would say that okay awesome hopefully i get to see you in person in may for um cfc but there. <laughs> sorry
1: i'll see you there yeah
0: i'll see you there in person or girl we both love cafes we'll definitely need to grab one in Montreal. Well, what's your favorite montreal cafe
1: oh my goodness uh oh there's so many i don't know i, I can't
0: top three okay top three i'll make it easier
1: Okay, I think there's one called, um, Le Petit Dep.
0: Oh, yeah, it,
1: okay. It's not my favorite anymore because it's too popular now. Um, another one is, I think it's called Café Léo, or Léon. Mm-hmm. That's near, like, you came. Okay. Station. Um, oh, what's another one? And I'm gonna be really basic, but it's the second cup by McGill. I'm always there, and I know the people!
0: uh, y'all can't see me on video right now but i am literally rolling my eyes like bombastic side eye side eye (laughs) but but that's fair Is comfort okay no i'm saying this but i was the girl grade 11 to grade 12 i lived in second cup it's just like the second cup so i'm a second cup lover but you know as (laughs) i as i age as i age into my 20s i'm like you know i have an acquired coffee taste now or cafe taste
1: cafes don't have the outlets that i need to do work second cup has never disappointed okay that's a good place
0: That's a good point. There is one cafe that I literally swear by. 49th by Parallel. They have (gasps) the best. That one's good. They have like a chai donut. Oh. Have you had their chai tea? Their chai tea is the best. Literally hands down the best. If you're listening to this (laughs) and ever in Montreal, check out any of those cafes we talked about. Uh, thank you so much for being on here, Genie Dream. We're going to play quick rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Favorite season? Summer. Great choice. Best song you're listening to on repeat. Um
1: Satisfy,
0: satisfy my soul by Bob Marley. Oh, Bob Marley. Wow, you said I'm gonna stick with my roots. (laughs) Your favorite purchase in the last week that is under twenty dollars.
1: In this economy, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I tried a new drink at Second Cup. It was like a maple chai latte.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's a good okay let's say under hundred dollars because yeah i forgot in this economy you're right you're yeah, right yeah i
1: brought this like really cute denim like shirt vest, top situation at zara
0: Ooh, zara. Like zara has good 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 selection For good you. selection season,
1: doing their thing i'm not not disappointed
0: they do but i prefer the zara in the u.s than the zara here because the selection in the u.s i was recently in new york and Okay. Maybe because it was New York, but <laughs> no, but even when I was traveling before and I was at the Zara in Costa Rica, like almost like Zara's everywhere else give a lot, even a lot more like the Zara here is great, but don't get me wrong. It's, it's just, it's really good. Favorite city. Toronto. Oh girl. I was waiting for you to say Montreal. Yeah. I, was, I literally, that was, that was, that was planned
1: i'm a toronto girly what, what are you saying <laughs> how how
0: can it be how can, you you chose to come live in montreal i used to go say toronto girl
1: that's my home i've only like i've been here for a few years but i've been Toronto back and forth like all my life so I okay. can't i can't turn
0: my back on my city that's fair side eye rolling my eyes but anyway <laughs> thank you so much for coming up on here and sharing your journey so far with us i am sure that you're going to continue to do more and more amazing things not just things in terms of like career wise but as you continue to grow and become just you know the best version of yourself that you want to be so you're someone that i can already tell you stay very rooted in who you are so continue to stay rooted in yourself and thank you for coming up on on here
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.